We're so glad you've joined us. Right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Good morning, my friend. Good to start the day with you. Being vulnerable can be super scary. When you share something with someone that you've never shared with them before, specifically when it's something that you feel insecure about, it takes a whole bunch of courage to open up your life and to just tell these pieces of your story. You just never know how the person on the receiving end is going to react. I mean, is it going to change their opinion of you? Will it change the relationship between you or maybe even be the end of it? It's scary business for sure. I remember a good friend from church asking if she could talk with me about something that was on her heart and I could tell. She was nervous as all get out, and it was so hard for her to to talk with me. But she ended up sharing with me that she had been in a relationship with another woman, and she was visibly shaking as she told me this. And I don't know how she expected me to respond, but she did not need to be nervous. We all have parts of our story that we don't want other people to know about, or we're just not sure how other people would respond to. At the very least, we'd expect them to be surprised. And that's totally fair. Right. I mean, sometimes we are surprised. And, and of course, some of it may depend on if she had tried to share the story with somebody else and had gotten a negative foot yeah, pushback on that's it. That's true. Mm-hmm. You never know what the past experience has been. Right. But, you know, even when we're surprised, it's not judgment. It's just, I wasn't expecting that. It's literally <laughs> legitimate surprise. Mm. But what if the element of surprise were completely removed for you when it came to being vulnerable. When we share our lives with God, when we talk with him about our secret sins, about the shameful moments in our story, he's not surprised because he already knows. He knows where we've been. He knows what we've done. And he loves us anyway. He knows what you are afraid of. And he doesn't blame you for that. He already knows what has been and what's coming. And he knows where you are right now in this moment what you're feeling, and what you're fearing. He already knows. And he's never loved you more than he does right in this moment. Mm. You can be honest with God. You can share all the things with him. He loves you. He's with you. And he already knows. People talk about things being challenging, and I think that's kind of like, well, no, duh. <laughs> it is. It it's is, been that way for a while, hasn't it? seems like it? it's been, it's, you know, I think there was a certain aspect to it before COVID hit, but then when COVID hit, that just really threw everybody into a loop. And now I we think, look pre-COVID and we go, oh, those were the easy days. Uh, we're, yeah, I guess PC now means pre-COVID. <laughs> <laughs> of course, post-COVID is also PC, so I'm That's not true. sure how we're going to mm-hmm. how we're going to handle that. But anyway, point are we, is, we, are we post-COVID? That's I'm the not question. sure. Well, that's the question too. Yeah. Let's not even get into that conversation. You you want to get somebody <laughs> moving, yeah. you could start just talking about COVID. Anyway, so we know that that can cause some anxiety. And then, of course, you've got all this political stuff going on right now, especially as we have an election coming up. We're all getting inundated with the uh, political mail. I actually had a candidate stop by my house uh, a couple of weeks ago, just knocking on doors, which wow. I, I think in that's the first, in the, in the over 30 years I've been here in West Michigan, that's the first time I can remember oh. somebody running for office, stopping by my house. 
So I'm I, impressed. Actually, I, I was impressed, and so I'm, I might vote for her <laughs> just because she stopped by my house. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I've done some checking up on her as well. So anyway, we've got all this stuff going on, and it's, it can feel, you know, it makes us feel yeah a little bit down. And then you've got people saying, well, if we don't do this and if we don't elect the right people, it's going to encourage religious persecution. Some say that's going on right now. And yeah, there might be a little bit of that happening right now. Certainly not talking of biblical proportions, right. at least not yet. Okay, that that could start overwhelming us. So let's try to get things into perspective. So first of all, Jesus told us that in this world, we're going to have trouble. Mm. He already gave us the heads up. When right. you follow Christ, it was not about having an easy life and everything working for you, having of brand new cars and the driveway and a nice house and the, the perfect spouse and the perfect kids. If you thought that's what Christianity was all about, name it and claim it. Right. Nope. That's not what it is. That's not about. what Jesus said. That is not what Jesus said at all. And the mistake is that we tend to think that we're going to get that comfort. He might grant that for a time, but he might not. In fact, he says more often the rule is going to be you're going to face some persecution. So the thing is, though, remember this. Jesus said, I will be with you mm -hmm. through it. I, I promise to be with you through it. So let's talk about somebody who really has faced persecution. Uh, in his book, When Faith is Forbidden, Tom Nettleton wrote the story of Sister Tong, who had spent six months in prison for hosting a house church in China, which is forbidden. Now, he asked her through a translator, like, what was life like during him? Now, we think six months. Oh, that wasn't hard time. <laughs> I don't want to spend a night in prison. Much well, less I, I don't want to either, but this is not a nice place to be, in, particularly in China, because he was thinking, one, well, is she going to talk about how hard the bed was or about the large rats about or just how miserable it was there. Not pleasant conditions mm -hmm. at all. Um, so when he asked her, of course, he had to ask her a translator. Her answer was, oh, yes, it was a wonderful time. <laughs> He's going, okay, did she hear my question right. right? Did I ask the question correctly? Did it get translated correctly? Because yeah. it can possibly be a a wonderful time. No, and she said, "No, no, it would." I you you heard correctly, and she said it was during this time that Christ had been so close to her and had ministered to her in a special way, and said that there were other ladies in the cell who didn't know that Christ didn't know Christ when she first came in, but did by the time she mm -hmm. left. How many times have we heard this in other situations where people in other countries where Christians are under a lot of persecution? They get put in prison, then they wind up leading the people that they're in the cell with to Christ, yeah. or maybe even leading some of the prison guards or policemen to Christ. As and we going. see that in scripture too, yeah. and it's it, still it happened. Yeah, it's still happening. It, it's so we may not want it, but what what is our job here as ambassadors of Christ? Well, that's it. We're supposed to be as ambassadors, and sometimes He's going to put us in well, shall we say, unique situations. What an incredible encouragement. We know that Moody Radio, you know, that there are people who are in jail right now that are listening to Moody Radio. What an encouragement for you, you know, that that God can use you in this time. Honestly, this is not a time of just waiting. God can use you in this time to bring honor and glory to him with your inmates. Right. 
So if you're going through a time of challenge, again, be of good cheer because Christ really has overcome the world. He's promised to be with us. And even if we feel like we're facing losses, and some of us maybe just because of the way the economy is going right now, yeah. remember the losses are really only temporary because there is much more to be gained as we take more ground for the kingdom. So be encouraged. Christ is going to be with you. He will see you through the trial that you're dealing with right now if you're going through a difficult time. Uh, and he's, again, just just rest in that promise that he will be with you and help us to be sensitive to those who are going through those difficult times that maybe we can be Christ's encouragement to them as well. It's hard to relax when you're being disobedient. Okay. Wait legit. a minute. Are you, see, are you saying they're driving over the speed limit and therefore being disobedient? If you are, I'm just saying it's stressful. I used to speed. I know this. I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> okay. I used to speed every single time I got in the car because I was leaving the house late and I was trying to make up time and I always felt rushed and I felt like it was my job to, you know, shave off time from my drive. So oh, I would speak. Okay. I just wonder if you had ambitions, particularly when you lived in L.A., of being on one of those high-speed chase down the five. Oh, or heavens like no. We used to actually watch those because we, my parents' house was on the freeway. So the 91 freeway is directly behind our backyard. Mm-hmm. And so when there was a high-speed chase, we'd see it on the news. We'd climb up on the roof so you could see <laughs> over top of the <laughs> freeway fence. Y'all laugh like this is not normal. I grew up in L.A. This was completely normal <laughs> where I grew up. <laughs> So we'd sit up on the roof and and wait for the, you know. Hey, put the camera the over here. We'll wave by. at you while we're on the roof watching yeah, this chase. A little <laughs> Los Angeles entertainment up okay. on the roof. All right. All right. A totally different kind of roof party we'd have. Yeah, no kidding. Obviously yeah. some disobedience going on there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my parents were up there with us. Oh, okay. like, you know, it wasn't like the kids were misbehaving. No, no, they were I'm, like, let... I'm talking about the, what you're watching. Oh, what we were watching was definitely some disobedience. But yeah, so back to my speeding problem. On top of already feeling frazzled and hurried because I was late, you know, and I'm speeding, then I constantly had to be scanning my mirrors for the police. You know what mm. I mean? Because it's because you just don't want to get caught. You want right. to, I mean, getting a ticket, that's obviously going to slow you down, but nobody wants a speeding ticket. So... Here's what I learned. It's really hard to relax when you're being disobedient. Hmm. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I, I don't have a rebellious heart genuinely. I want to obey, but I also want solid confirmation that it's God's will for me. You know what I mean? I just want to know that I know that I know exactly what God is saying before I act. I even at times hear from God and formulate a good plan to carry out what he's asking me to do, you know, like, but it's delayed obedience is what it is. Mm. All the time that I spend planning is actually time that I'm not obeying. So it's disobedience. Francis Chan has this analogy that he uses. I think is just great. He's like, if I told my teenage daughter, Hey, I want you to clean your room. And she said, Okay, yeah, dad, absolutely, I'll clean my room. And so she texted all her friends, group chat, right? And like, and said, come over, you guys. I want to talk about cleaning my room. And all her friends came over and they sat in a circle in the middle of her messy room. And they all chatted about, you know, her room and how it needed to be clean. And maybe even talked about strategies about where she could start and how she could clean. And she said, this is great. Come back next week and let's talk about it again. And they continued <laughs> to have conversations about cleaning her room. But she'd never cleaned her room. That would be disobedience. 
and I mean, what a picture of the church and how sometimes we will, you know, we gather and have Bible studies and we have conversations about how God wants us to live. And yet we aren't actually carrying out what God mm-hmm. wants us to do. James one twenty two says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And I've got to tell you, I'm just straight up not judging you right now at all. I am, I am preaching to myself. Until you actually do what you've been asked to do, you are being disobedient. Mm. Yikes. That is painful. If you're not doing what God asked you to do, you're not in like a neutral holding pattern. You're being disobedient. James 4.17 says, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. If you feel anxious right now, like you just can't relax, is there something that God wants you to do that you're not doing right now? Because it's hard to relax when you're being disobedient. So what is it that you know God wants you to do, but you haven't done it yet? I think it's time. Let's take action today. Tell God you love him by obeying him today, not to win his favor, but because you already have it with a grateful heart. Let's take action. Let's obey our heavenly father and let's do it today. We love having this ongoing conversation with you in the morning. And I apologize. I'm not able to keep up with the text as well this morning as what I usually do. Perry and I usually kind of tag team on that. But um, we love having the interaction back and forth. And last week, Tamara, one of our listeners, recommended a song. And she wanted us to play it. And it's called Build a House by Megan Tibbetts. And we played the song. And I was so ministered to by the song. I'd never heard it before. And the words just spoke to my heart. And oh my goodness. And then crazy thing, later that day, I'm in this group conversation in WhatsApp with a bunch of women who are following after Jesus. And one of the gals in the group said, listen, you've got to hear this song. It's called Build a House by Megan Tibbetts. And she posted it there for us all to listen and respond to. And I was like, what? I mean, twice in one day. Got to kind of pay attention that God's speaking there, right? But this song is about the shortcuts that we try to take to kind of put up a good image, you know, to kind of give the basic impression that we're doing great. And she sings about painting over wallpaper instead of scraping it off, you know, just trying to make it look good real quick. Have you ever tried to scrape or to, yeah, to scrape off wallpaper? You could scrape. Well, I've tried. It's very difficult. Actually, wait, maybe a good way to get the wallpaper to come off is to try to paint over it. <laughs> That's a shortcut. You can't do that. No, no it, but what I'm saying is it'll probably come loose and fall off anyway. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't and, know. But, scraping which is, but anyway, is it's not worst. a good idea. But scraping wallpaper is just not a fun job. Ben, have you ever scraped wallpaper? I have not. I've not had the pleasure of scraping wallpaper. It, the last time that we did it, we got this thing somebody recommended called a tiger. And it it's a round thing that you hold with your hand and you kind of do circles with it. And it's supposed to puncture the paper so that you can then put you know something in, on the wall. Right. I've got one of those in my basement. Okay. And it's supposed to help kind of break down the adhesive and, and That's loosen what they the say. wallpaper. Anyway, it's not a fun job. It, you're going to end up with the scraper in the end, no matter how you go about it, mm-hmm. taking every little last piece of paper off the wall. Not fun. It's awful. So I'm all for the the quick fix or the easier, the shortcut, but painting over wallpaper is not the way to go. And if you want to build a house that's going to stand the test of time, a house of faith, a life of faith, because that's what the song is really all about, 
there just aren't any shortcuts. You've got to go through the hard things, you know, things completely outside of your control. And then in those hard things, believe that God is who he says he is. And then you have to shift all your weight onto that truth and live believing that truth. I mean, that's the hard work necessary to build a house of faith. And sometimes before we even get started building, there's stuff that has to be deconstructed. Maybe our own ideas of what we thought life should be like that we have to let go of and surrender to God so that he can build according to his blueprint. And the Bible tells us that all the days planned for us were written in God's book before even one of them came to be. And that God's plans for us are good and that he will finish what he started. So we've got all these promises that he's going to build a better, better, better house than what we could build on our own. He's going to build a better life for us than what we could build on our own. And we want to build lives and houses where God himself wants to live, where he wants to be. There's a line in this song. It says, I want to build a place where I stop taking up all the space. That one just really convicted me. Mm. So yes, Lord, more of you, less of me. So I have this normal routine of doing devotions in the morning on my way into the show. It's an audio uh, app that I listen to. Okay, I was a little worried there when you're talking about devotions. I'm thinking book open, eyes closed. No, 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 no. (laughs) No, if I have, you know, one of those uh, space age cars where you just push a button and it just kind of gets you there, that'd be great. I would kick back and do my devotions that way. But no, I have an audio devotional that I do, two of them actually. I do the Lectio 365 first, Hmm. which is about 10 13 minutes maybe of an audio devotion leads you through scripture and prayer. But I always also listen to the verse of the day on version. Do you have the version app? I do. It's fantastic. It's a Bible app and you can get different translations and they also have this verse of the day. And then along with the verse of the day, there's a short video with a quick teaching. I mean, I'm just talking just a couple of minutes, but it's really, really good. And yesterday on my way in, Amy Seifert was the speaker and the author of uh, Grace Looks Amazing on You. She was the teacher of the day for the verse of the day. And once a month, she does that there for the version app. And she's fantastic. We've had her on the show here on Perry and Shauna Mornings. Love her. So yesterday she was just sharing a few thoughts on Proverbs 1-7, and I just want to pass them on to you. So Proverbs 1-7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And here's the thing. We kind of break down this verse. These are Amy's thoughts on this. We all want to live the good life. You know what I mean? We want to be good at taking care of our finances. We want to be good at managing our relationships and We want to have a good marriage. Basically, we want to be good at all things adulting, right? And this verse points out that the seed of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And of course, when we say uh, fear of the Lord, we're talking about just a deep respect, admiration, and awe, not not cowering in terms of being afraid of him. Although there probably is an aspect of that as well. It can be just because of who he is. Right, right. But there's, yeah, it's this healthy, the fear of the Lord is a, is a healthy understanding of who God is and who I am. That he's God right. and I'm not. He gets to determine what is right and what is good. I am not the determiner. He is. And the Proverbs, this verse here is from Proverbs, the Proverbs in a whole, like in all, contrast wisdom and foolishness. And in Proverbs, wisdom is personified as a woman who has all this knowledge 
And a fool is described as someone who is destructive with their own life. And Jesus says, anyone who hears words and doesn't put them into practice is like a fool who builds his house on the sand. So how can we put wisdom into practice in our own lives today? Well, Proverbs 1.5, I think this is a good place to start for us. It says, a wise man will hear and increase in learning. So here's a thought. What if we talked less and we listened more? That's one way we could increase our wisdom and increase our learning. And that's one area where a lot of us do need to improve because when we're listening, we're usually formulating in our heads how we're going to respond to what you're saying. Yeah, so we're already thinking. I mean, a lot of our energy, it's it's divided because even as I'm listening to what you're saying, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say in response to it. So I'm not fully listening. Part of me is thinking about my retort, right? you know, and, and how we're going to respond. So I had some friends over last week and one of my friends She's just a rock star, but she's kind of quiet and her personality, she is, comes across as shy. And she was sharing the story of a way that God moved in her life. And it was just so powerful and so good. And I thought, what a privilege to be able to hear that story from her, specifically someone who doesn't do a lot of sharing of her own life and her own story. And it was just amazing. And then I thought after they had left that day, I thought, man, I wonder if I would have heard more stories like that if I would have done less talking and more listening. (laughs) I think all of us would probably come under conviction in that area, though. Ouch. It's a little bit painful, but it's a good kind of painful because it's the kind of painful that makes you shape how you show up in the next conversation. You know what I mean? Right. And I I think I'm probably, well, I know I've been guilty of that sometimes in my relationship with my own daughters. They're trying to tell me something and I'm, you know, trying to be the dad and, you know, give this stock answer rather than really hearing what they're trying to tell me. Mm, that's good. I mean, that's, that's humbling as a dad to be able to say that. I want to mm-hmm. be a better listener with my daughters. I think that's huge, yeah. Scott. I, I want this in my own life. I want to be a better listener and I think I'm going to start practicing today. Do you want to join me? Man, if you want to if you want to increase in your listening today, if you want to practice a little bit of wisdom from Lady Wisdom today, text us and let us know. I'm listening. I'm listening. Then I know I'm not in it alone. 800-968-8930. 800-968-8930. Thanks for listening to Perry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.